Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear. And as I've said with football, although rarely, podcasts are a lot more fun after wins. I think I'll say that more this season with basketball uh, than football. Um, with that being said, uh, fun, I think, is the operative word. Uh, watching the win over Illinois, it was fun. And it wasn't fun just because it's a win. Um, just the whole style of play. Um, I, I, I said for a while, I know I, I've gotten in, not like real arguments, but I've gotten in discussions with Michael Luke about it where I've been adamant saying that a lot of people, they, they're upset that Sean Miller goes slow and all that. And I've always said it comes down to the point guard. And that when he had TJ McConnell, the pace was a little faster because he trusted TJ. And, um, you know, you could blame Miller for maybe not recruiting point guards well enough um, in the span, but when he gets Nico Mannion um, on board, you don't say to Nico, hey, look, we're going to walk the ball up court, because A, if you do that, you'll never be able to successfully recruit a high-level point guard again, and B, um, Sean Miller said it after the game, and I think everyone got quiet when he said it, he said, we're better offensively when we get in transition. And it was funny because another reporter kept asking questions about pace. And Sean Miller said, finally, are you trying to get me to play faster? Is that what you're trying to say? And the reporter was like, yeah, actually, I, I am. And, um, you know, in typical Sean Miller fashion, he turned it back to defense and basically said, hey, look, we'll play fast as long as we can and as long as we're defending. But if it starts to impact our defense, we're going to take a look at things. Um, the good thing is I think that this team is athletic and fast and cohesive enough where being fast on offense um, isn't going to take away from the defense. And obviously there's going to be games where getting out in transition is going to be a, a little more difficult um, as opposed to maybe like we saw against Illinois. Like, it'll be more difficult against a team like Baylor. It'll be more difficult against a team like Gonzaga. UCLA is going to want to slow things down. Washington in that zone, they're going to want to slow things down. Colorado doesn't want to get in a battle up and down. Uh, the pace for the ASU game is probably going to be absolutely ridiculous with the way both, team, both teams are going to run up and down the court. So it really depends on the opponent. Um, with that being said, when you have a point guard of Nico Mannion's capabilities, being able to get up and down the court and push and transition becomes much, much easier than if you have a point guard like PJC. And you guys know I love PJC. I mean, you know, I defended him more than anyone, but um, obviously there's a huge difference in skill level between Nico Mannion, a guy that's going to have a successful career in the NBA, and a guy like PJC. Um, and so you could just tell, you know, it, it's always funny to me that there's guys that turn it on in certain situations. Uh, Nico Mannion did not look great against NAU. He looked bored out there. But that's something, and, and it's not a motor. It's it's something where he kind of feeds off the crowd, etc. Um, it's something that he had the same issue in high school. Like, the bigger the game, the more into it that Nico is. And when Illinois player started talking trash to Nico. I don't remember which one it was. I tweeted at the time, if you haven't watched Nico, uh, he talks trash all the time. He'll probably get a tech at some point this season. Um, I'm telling Arizona fans now that unless it comes at an awful time, just take it in stride because that's the type of kid he is. When Illinois started talking trash to Nico, I knew it was over. Um, it, it's just he's that kind of player. Talking trash to him is it's stupid. If you're an opposing team, because he feeds off that stuff. Like, he wants you... 
to talk trash to him because he's using that as motivation. Um, he's had matchups against Modern Day where he went against Devin Askew, if you look that up on YouTube, and they're talking crap the entire game. Um, and they're really going at it. And if you talk crap to them, uh, it, that's just the way it's going to be. Now, do I think there, there's a legit possibility that Nico plays better against Illinois than he does against San Jose State this week, just because that's the type of player he is. Like, San Jose State doesn't pose much of a challenge for him, and I know that he needs to find a way to bring the same energy against a team like San Jose State than he had against Illinois when there's 39 NBA scouts in attendance. But... I mean, that's just kind of the way it is, and it, it's a knock, I guess, but even when he's not playing all that great, like against NAU, he's not bad. Like, it, it'll be very rare, and he's a freshman, he'll have a bad game or whatever, but it's very rare for him to be, like, really bad. I'm not sure I've ever seen a game where I turn to the person next to me and I go, man, like, he's just awful right now. It's just not the type of point guard that he is, because even when he's not shooting well, he impacts the games with so many other ways offensively that you're okay with it, whether it's getting to the line, finding open teammates, um, etc. As important as having a successful point guard, and I think that's something that um, obviously has hurt Miller in the last few years, uh, I think as important as having a, a good point guard is... Uh, it's the fact that Arizona, since Ron Day, hasn't had that elite wing defender. And I don't know that I would call Josh Green elite yet. I do think at the end of the season, he will be known as the best best defender in the Pac-12 and one of the better defenders in the country. I just think that he has a little more room for growth, which is scary because he's already a good defender. Um, he's still learning what to do off the ball in Sean Miller's defense. If you watch the Illinois game, there are a few plays where he didn't rotate as well and kind of got caught and his man had hit an open three or at least got an open look. Those are things where they were watch the film and Josh Green is a smart enough kid to be able to fix that moving forward but his on the ball defense is very good when he was guarding AO uh, in, in the Illinois game uh, when he was guarding AO, uh, he did so well. I mean, it, it was, you know, AO's a, a good player. I'm not a big fan of him. I don't think he's a lottery pick, um, but he's obviously a, uh, a good player. Um, with that being said, Josh Green did very well in him. Every point that AO scored, uh, it was earned. And uh, I think overall, Green showed his, his defensive potential. Um, and, and also, you know, he's a guy where he hit, you know, th four threes, I think it was. He can't, he could shoot like that consistently, but he, when I'm, <laughs> I'm blurbing now because I'm, I'm watching highlights on my TV of it. But what, what I'm saying is basically he's improved uh, in the past year or so shooting in the past few years and Miller said it after uh, his presser as well that Josh Green is a legitimately good shooter uh, I posted it after the Chico State and the NAU game in, in my breakdown I said he's a better offensive player than he's shown is he as good of a, a shooter that he as he showed against Illinois probably not he's probably somewhere in between but he's still good offensively he can get to the bucket he can hit the open three um, and, and he, he's he's just a well rounded wing and there haven't been a lot of those in recent years under sean miller and i think that's as big of a knock um as a lack of point guard and and you know michael luke brought up a good point to me on radio when i was hosting radio um on monday and that's that the, the overall roster construction is maybe the best that it's been under miller and if not 
um, it's similar to that TJ McConnell, Aaron Gordon team. And uh, I would agree with that. I just think that overall, I think a lot of that has to do with the success at point guard with Green, uh, with, with Manny, I'm sorry, and the success of the, uh, you know, having the elite wing in Josh Green. So those two guys really make the team go, in my opinion, in the backcourt because you could do different things with them. And meanwhile, you can make the case that two games in, they, they haven't even been the best freshmen. And that's crazy. Um, and, and the reason you could bring that case up is because of Zeke Naji. Um, here's a guy where, you know, I was adamant. He's really good. I said plenty of times. I, I just realized I sound like I'm tooting my horn on this podcast, but, you know, I get that once in a while. Uh, <laughs> I said this plenty of times that it wouldn't surprise me if Zeke wound up being um, the best of the bunch. And it is a very legit possibly uh, possibility. I mean, I talked to an NBA scout after the Illinois game, and he told me that out of the three freshmen that he saw, they would probably want Zeke the highest on their board. Um, and obviously it's, you know, your drafting position and all that, but that's a sign that Zeke, he's, he's, I think he surprises people. You don't realize the, the way he moves. He's 240 pounds. Um, he's gained a solid 15, 20 pounds since arriving on campus. He's a very legit 6'10". You don't realize how big he is, I think, until you stand next to him. And the thing that's so impressive is that he's so smooth. Like, he runs the court like he's a small forward. He's gotten out. He's guarded the, the three, the four, and the five already this season. He can get a little bit stronger, at least a little bit more aware when he's guarding the paint. But he's he's good defensively on the perimeter. He's only going to get better because he's a really good kid and a really hard worker. Um, and so he's a guy where, I mean, he's putting up 19, 20 points in his first two games. And most players under Sean Miller improve from the beginning of the season to the end. And so he's only going to get better, especially defensively. And so now all of a sudden you have Nico at point guard. Josh is there. Zeke is there as freshman. You have a freshman trio that I would put as high up as any freshman trio that Sean Miller's had. And someone made a good point earlier today when I was talking to him that said, Sean Miller did not miss in this class. Um, you know, Terry Armstrong may have been that miss. I think had he gone to Arizona, um, I, I think his game was a little one-dimensional. Um, I could be wrong. We'll never know. Maybe we'll find out if he's drafted or whatever. But when you take a look at Nico, at Josh, at Zeke, and even Christian Coloco, there's no miss there. He hit on all the guys. And that's not easy to do. I mean, you take a look at Duke, who had one of the best classes in the country, and their guys, their freshmen, aren't hitting right now. I mean, Matthew Hurt is nowhere near as good as Zeke. It is clear that Zeke is a better prospect already two games in the season than Matthew Hurt is. Um, and Wendell Moore, guys like that, they're not... Cassius Stanley has been good, but you even take a look at Duke's class, and, and they're not all hits. And maybe it changes down the road, but I can't think of a class that is basically four for four. Christian Coloco may not get the minutes because this team is so loaded, but is there any doubt that he's playing a major role on this team next season? I mean, there, there's no doubt whatsoever. And you could just think of a, a front court with him and Jordan Brown next to each other, and man, that sounds good. And then you got Ira Lee, etc. But you know, that's that's next season, and I don't want to I don't want to get too far, but. Um, that is an impressive feat when you think about it, to be able to land four kids, um, top 100 kids, and hit on all of them. It is it is more rare than you would think. Um, and so, 
Yes, I, I realize there's two games. I tweeted it after the Illinois game that I, I'm not as big on Illinois as some other people may have been. But when it is a seven-point spread and you win by 21, you obviously did something right, and you obviously won by more points than you were expected to. And I think that Arizona overall uh, was really impressive and really fun to watch in that game. Uh, a couple other things, obviously, uh, away from the big three. Uh, Max Hazard is a guy where I think that the more car- – it's not easy for a guy like Hazard to go from a system in Irvine that is completely different than the system that Sean Miller runs, different lingo, different teammates, different style of play. Um, it's not easy for Hazard to go from Irvine to Arizona where everything's different, the coaching's different, expectations are different, etc. And I think what we're starting to see, even though it's only a few games in, is he's gotten more comfortable. Uh, I thought he played very well against Illinois. He hit the three-point shot. His defense has improved. He's still improving in that area because, again, he was not asked to defend at Irvine the same way that Sean Miller asked him to defend. I mean, it's just not the case. And and he will be the first to admit that it's a whole different animal defensively. But if Arizona can get a 3 and D guy um, out of Hazard, uh, I, I do not be surprised if his minutes only go up. Like, don't be surprised if, if he starts closing the gap on Dylan Smith in terms of minutes because I think Arizona was very happy with how he looked against Illinois in the limited minutes that he had. So this week, uh, don't be surprised if they give him a little bit more of a look and you kind of start to see his minutes um, increase a little bit. Uh, Joel Baker is a guy where, um, you know, it, it, he kind of transitions into my biggest concern about this team now. And that is that the, the backup point guard spot is a concern. Now, I will say this. Any team with an elite point guard, once that elite point guard goes out, it's obviously a concern. Every school in the country. I mean, if Kansas, if their point guard goes out, they're in trouble. If Kentucky's point guard goes out, uh, they're in trouble. It's just that's the way it is. Would Arizona be better off if it had a true point guard backing up Mannion? Yes. With that being said, it's going to have to find due. Um, I, I don't think, and I'm only basing this off two games and, and kind of what I saw in high school, but I've never really looked at Jamal Baker as being a point guard, and I don't think that there's anything I've seen in the first two games that has shown me that he can play the point. Um, if you're asking him to play the point for five minutes a game, so be it. But there's a reason why... Sean Miller has Devonair Dutrev ahead of Jamal Baker in terms of backup point guards. Like, Devonair is the backup point guard when he comes back. Um, because to me, I like Jamal Baker off the ball. I like him shooting threes and defending. I think he can get the, in the lane once in a while. But he's not a great ball handler and point guard right now. Um, the offense, and, and again, it, it's, it could just be how impressive Nico Mannion is, but the offense took a, a obvious step back when Jamal was at point guard. And it's not a knock on Jamal. I think Jamal's a, a very solid player. I think Arizona, it is a huge deal that he is eligible right away and that Arizona's going to have him for three straight years. I think he's a, going to be a very good college player. Um, the issue is I, I just don't think he's he's really a true point guard. And so the concern is if Nico is in foul trouble, what happens to that offense? Um, you know, who handles the point? 
We know that Devin Ayer is the backup point guard. We don't know what he looks doing it. He handled the point in high school, but as we've seen, um, he you know it, it's a different animal once you get to college. And Max Hazard's the same way. I think Hazard's at his best off the ball. He can dribble all right, but we saw that he got in, in some trouble against Illinois when they really pressured him. So if you're looking for a weakness on this team right now, that's probably one of them. Is it a glaring issue? Not unless Nico, knock on wood, gets hurt. Um, as long as Nico's healthy, it's not a glaring issue. If he fouls out, you'll deal with it in that game. But he's a very smart player. He's not going to foul out in many games, if any at all. Um, and, and so it, it's not a huge, holy crap, type of tournament losing issue. Um, but it is something to kind of keep an eye on uh, moving forward. Uh, Ira Lee is a guy where I was a little hard on him because I, I thought he came in and he did what Miller says he does sometimes, and he really push things offensively and put up a bad shot and um, didn't let things come to him. Uh, and then all of a sudden he improved, finished with four points and four rebounds in 14 minutes. And I thought he was fine. You know, he struggled at the line a little bit, but that's the kind of stuff that you want to see from him. You want to see him come off the bench, bring some energy and really attack the glass. That's the type of guy he is. He'll probably have a bigger role on next year's team. Um, but w- with that being said, um, he is what he is, and, and that's not bad. I think if you can get you know those 12 to 14 minutes and he goes and he gets a, a handful of rebounds and is able to score a few points, uh, you're just fine overall uh, Overall, with his effort, as long as he's defending as well. Um, Stone Gettings is an, is an interesting case to me. I know that people were very high on Stone, uh, no pun intended, uh, were very high on Stone Gettings after the Chico State game and the NAU game, but I think that people saw a little bit of the concerns um, come out against Illinois, and that's that defensively he's going to struggle a little bit. He's not a great defender. He's an average defender. He's going to struggle with the more athletic guys. He got into foul trouble. Um, He is a good jump shooter, but there's not much more to his offensive game than those jump shots. And you wonder if, you know, when a guy like Devonair comes back and they go to maybe these smaller lineups, um, how many minutes are going to be available for Stone Gettings? Uh, I think that there will be some, but I wouldn't expect him to play like 15 minutes a game. I, I don't think that those minutes are there. Maybe against teams where Arizona matches up differently, the minutes will be there, or even blowouts and things like that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays 20 minutes on Thursday because San Jose State is a crazy bad basketball team. Um, but I think that eventually you'll start to see his minutes uh, kind of dwindle a little bit. Um, and, and I wouldn't surprise if at the end of the day he's he's not one of the main rotation guys just because I don't think he's going to improve a lot as a defender because athletically he's not there. But then again, you know, you say that and his shooting ability could be what keeps him on the court. I think he's one of the more intriguing players um, that, that is on the roster right now because we don't really know you know, is his defense going to be good enough to keep him on the court? Is his shooting going to be good enough to keep him on the court uh, in spite of his defense, etc.? That's something that we may not know the answer to until Pac-12 play. If you're looking for the most disappointing player so far in the early season, um, to me, and again, two games in, I'm not knocking it. There's plenty of time to change, but I don't think there's any doubt that Chase Jeter uh, has been disappointing. Uh, he was pretty bad against Illinois. His minutes weren't completely there, um, and it was the right decision. I mean, he just kind of struggled with the bigger, stronger guys. And I will say that I like the fact that he didn't hesitate as much going up around the basket. 
Um, but it doesn't look like he's made a huge jump from last season to this season. And eventually, when you start to look at certain lineups and the better Zeke plays, it is tempting uh, to maybe put Zeke at the five a little bit as well. Or if Christian Coloco continues to practice well, um, will he start to take some minutes away from Jeter? My guess is that he won't because I think that Sean Miller trusts Jeter not to make mistakes and be able to defend better than Coloco in terms of straight-up man-to-man. Coloco's obviously a better shot blocker, but I think Jeter probably knows the overall defensive assignments and scheme better than Coloco does naturally because of his experience and all that. Um, But I think that Jeter has to kind of take it to another gear or else Sean Miller is going to have some difficult decisions to make in terms of minutes and and spreading out those minutes and, and all that. Um, so overall, you know, Illinois game, um, you know, it's early. There's not a ton to take away from it, except for the fact that Arizona is really fun to watch and Arizona is going to lose some games this season. I mean, it's, uh, I know the board's excited, but, um, the schedule's not easy. I assume they'll play Providence and Anaheim. I mean, shoot, New Mexico State's a decent team, um, a, a tournament team that doesn't lose many games. They're going to not be scared when they come into McHale. I assume they'll play Providence and Anaheim. That'll be a tough game. At Baylor early in the morning, that'll be a tough game. Gonzaga, tough, obviously. They're going to lose some games this year. Uh, with that being said, I think you take a look at where the team is now this early in the season and where they are offensively and defensively, and I think that you have to feel really good about it because you know the team's going to get better defensively, and if the team is where it is right now offensively, you only assume it's going to it's going to continue to improve in the pace and all that, and they're going to take care of the ball, etc. So I think if you're an Arizona fan, although it's early and I'm always skeptical and all that, um, with guarded optimism, I understand the optimism surrounding this team. Um, this isn't the type of situation where Arizona's, you know, beating up on bad teams and then they're going to get blown out by a good one or, or whatever. Um, this is a situation where Arizona is a legitimately good team that will likely only improve. So it's fun. Uh, Tucson's having fun with basketball. It helps when the football team is so bad. Um, but normally, uh, as you know, I would do a preview of uh, the upcoming game. I will preview the game this weekend. I am not previewing the San Jose State game because they are bad. That is my preview. San Jose State is the worst team to come to McHale this season. They are one of the worst teams to come to McHale in recent memory. I don't know how they beat Hofstra, but congrats to them for beating Hofstra. But this is a team that Arizona should beat by 30. Um, and it's one of those games where, like San Jose State, shouldn't even hang around. Arizona's athletic and better at every single position. Um, just as a kind of reference point, NAU is 20 spots higher than San Jose State in the Ken Palm rankings. So they believe that NAU is 20 spots better um, according to that formula and all that. So that is my preview. San Jose State is bad. Arizona is good. The good team will win. The bad team will not win. <laughs> and um, it'll be one of those games where we get to to get a closer look at Christian Coloco. I bet you gets the most minutes that he's had this season. Um, if not, then something went terribly wrong. But that's where we're at now. Uh, special deal going on ends in the next 24 hours. Sign up now. Two months for a buck. Um, you know, my voice, I hope, is, is worth a dollar. Uh, if not, let me know. I'll change it. But it's uh, it's two months for a dollar. You get all the CBS All Access stuff once you've been on for seven days and the promotional stuff is over. That's a $100 value. 
Um, so take advantage now before it is gone because Arizona basketball is extremely fun to watch, and it's, it's, it's fun to just say that. So once again, I'm Jason Shear, Senior Editor of Wildcat Authority. I appreciate you for joining me, and uh, yeah, catch you this weekend.